Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it's all fine. 600 gallons of uh, crude went into the San Francisco Bay today, thanks to Chevron. A little oopsie. Wait, today? Yeah, we're dealing with it right now. Richmond Eugene is- hasn't heard about that either. Just- yeah, it just happened. And it's- like everybody who lives, my friends who live there got the classic call from Chevron. Hey, everything's fine, but don't go in the water or look at it directly uh, for a couple of months. So. And, you, and you don't want to save this till the 2021 podcast? <laughs> giving up all the good material. Yeah. Tim will find new disasters, I promise. <laughs> I mean, all we have this year is a coup. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Tennessee, how's it going? Jimmy, I assume on the other side of the mountain you had the same weather we did. 65 Lovely. and sunny today. Amazing. Lovely. Like prettiest day of the year by a mile. I went out for a run. Super good. Yeah, I, I like it a lot better than than the 13 degrees or whatever. <laughs> well, uh, Jeff, what's Berkeley like these days? It's beautiful. We had the same just phenomenal weather today. Like uh, six, 72 light breeze. Like, Wait, there's a... There's a, a fourth person in our uh, little Zoom window. Eugene Merman, how are you? I'm good. I'm Excellent. Good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. What's the weather like in Somerville? Um, I think it's in the ballpark of, of 38 degrees. Okay. <laughs> Minus a little. Yeah. Any snow on the ground still? Yes, there's snow. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Hey, Somerville is Somerville. That's it, where Tufts is. The Somerville Theater. Yeah. That's Somerville. Yes, yeah, that's, I like yes. that's a that's a cool spot. Yeah, yeah, it's well, nice. Well, the, we are we are so honored to have Eugene on our podcast, 2010, coming at us. I'm starting today with the impossible question. Ben right out of Jeff, the gate. Right ben out of the Jeff, gate. Right out of the gate. Eugene, shh. Ben and Jeff, what do these musical artists have in common? The Shins. Modest Mouse, Yola Tango, Gogo Bordello, Andrew Bird, and Cake. That is your impossible question. What do you got? A lot of white guys. I'm going to go ahead and say okay. that these are all white people, and they're all roughly the same age. Even though Yola Tango has Hispanic got a lady. name. That's true. Still, still I did white start guys. with white people, so that was all. I think I got that one. All right, Jeff. <laughs> What do all those bands have in common? That is correct. Uh, their fan, their super fans are all insufferable. Oh dear. What is How that? How about mean? that? Have you ever been trapped by a Yola Tango? Oh my god, fan? dude, it's great. <laughs> it's I love that tape. It's unbelievable. Like those are really? all bands that have a guy or uh, probably a guy, maybe occasionally a woman who if you ask the wrong question in a bar situation will just will wear you down to a little nub. With well, uh, 
hard opinion. No, no, and Yola Tango is the perfect one. Of yeah. that group, they're the best one. So oh my you, God. you will Hell run into the Yola no Tango people theory. who are like, they, they, their first take is they're like, I love them because they're not accessible. And right. really, they don't like, they play six minute songs with no melodies and no rhythm. And then their immediate follow up is, I don't know why they're not bigger. And you're like, I don't know why either. It's a mystery. <laughs> you guys, have you put two and two together that? I started with the impossible question on the night where Eugene Merman is our guest. Oh no. Is he in all those bands? Eugene, are, <laughs> are you like the drummer wait, in all I those in, bands? I didn't know I'm that. Wait, you're the manager? Bands. I'm so embarrassed. I am in three of those bands. <laughs> I believe the thing in common is that I've, I've, uh, toured with those bands. Or... Is that true? Really? Indeed. That is so cool. Rock on. I love it. Yes. So you... Every, uh, Hanukkah, Yola Tango <laughs> has like eight nights, uh, of shows and they have different comics and bands, um, do stuff. And it's pretty fun. That That's is amazing. I've actually Not listened to a bunch of those music to me. <laughs> That's the WFUV. Like they do that, like nights of Hanukkah, right? That's a, and they, they play covers and random stuff. I've heard well, some of those. the thing I'm describing is live, but yes, they also yeah. do fun of like okay. radio stuff. Gotcha. All right. So out of all those acts, Who's our favorite? It's got to be Gogo Bordello. They have people on stilts, Eugene. Yes, that was Cake did a tour. Cake did uh, with like called like the Unlimited Sunshine Tour, I think. And so it was Cake, Gogo Bordello, Tegan, and Sarah, and me, and I hosted it. <laughs> that uh, is awesome. And uh, yeah, so it was yes, there it was like a a wild and yeah, I spent a lot of time talking to the. <laughs> To, to a bunch of the, the, the members in Russian. Awesome. Well, Eugene, we're going to jump right into 2010. Here's how we usually start with the Grammy winner from 2010. Are you yes, sure I'm... you got this right? Are you sure that this is the Grammy winner? I, I did not double check, but my research so far on this show has been impeccable. So here we go. <laughs> I don't mean to one up our guest, but I opened for this band. No. Before they made it. Yes. Wow. It's the Grammy winner. Need You Now by Lady A. single ladies yeah i mean they just were like oh we were in the right neighborhood and we just took a hard left turn like what are they thinking <laughs> lady antebellum yep i, I opened for them before they were anything at drew university with the rich price band and they they put us in like the basketball we showed up for this gig and we were set up on the, the giant stage like basketball arena twelve thousand uh -huh. seats and i'm gonna guess that 175 people showed up <laughs> I mean, it Where's was Drew University. It's in Jersey somewhere. And uh, it was marbles in a tin can. And, you know, we went and I also like was like, what the hell were we doing? Like that, you know, Rich had his quiet little folk numbers and yeah, up there. And But they played it like it was the Super Bowl. Like it was like, come on, let me hear you. <laughs> like, nine people are like 
hello. You know, it was <laughs> such a weird night. And I remember thinking like, what, who, what the hell is going on here? And then of course they became ginormous. So they're uh, called lady post reconstruction now. Did they change their so, name? So I they did. Lady A, lady lady a, a right. instead of la lady antebellum. Good, good change. Oh, whatever. Not my favorite. Not my favorite. So you don't you don't care. Did the Dixie Chicks change their name? Yeah, they're just the chicks. Are you, are you making a joke right now? No, I'm not. No, Seriously, no, the new record the came out under the name oh. The Chicks. And huh. the new record's not bad. The Gaslighter record is pretty good. All right. E Eugene, what do you think of bands changing their name in, in our new era? I think it's fine. Uh, <laughs> if Especially if they should. <laughs> you know, you can always add a UK at the end of your band. If okay, you there you go. That. You want to be a Chicks UK, however you want to do it. I think it's fine. They did it. They've done it. Lady A with the Grammy win. Um, all right, what else happened in 2010? The Deepwater Horizon spill blows up in April. They don't plug the thing until July. 11 but people they, are killed. Were they trying? They were trying. They were trying. Apparently, the, so oil rigs is what I was reading about today, have all these fail-safe systems uh, that all failed. Um, and so it was you know, the worst uh, oil spill the Gulf has ever seen. No. Um, and I'm only finding out about this now. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, you didn't watch the pilot of my, the newsroom because that was all that was about. Uh, right? or, Mar or Mark Wahlberg's turn oh, at Deep Water I Horizon. I think I did watch that. Okay. Wow. I really did. Or not the, remember the, the grainy video of the oil pumping out? Oh, like that they oh. just had 24 hours a day. You could, you could click on your computer and be like, oh, I, I feel like it's watching more oil still, pump out. Right. Pouring out. I have heard about this, but I did not know the scope of its sadness. Really bad. I, well, this is part of, by the way, this is our our favorite part of the music yeah. podcast. It's when Tim yeah, covers yeah. a natural disaster. Bad news from the past that I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I hadn't heard about that. It, Tim hasn't come up with a happy thing in like two. No, no, months. hold on. His NASA coverage is very positive. <laughs> That's right. What where'd we go so, this year? I am. I want you to know that I'm giving up. <laughs> the SpaceX story and the China landing on the moon story this year because Ben's beloved wife is tired of space news. <laughs> yes, but anyways, Deepwater Horizon, uh, I believe British Petroleum uh, learned a hard lesson and they are now out of business because of their mistakes. And it's all fine. 600 gallons it's of uh, crude went into the San Francisco Bay today, thanks to Chevron, a little oopsie. Wait, today? Yeah, we're dealing with it right now. Rich Eugene hasn't heard about that either. So. Yeah, it just happened. And like everybody who lives, my friends who live there got the classic call from Chevron. Hey, everything's fine, but don't go in the water or look at it directly uh, for a couple of months. So. And, you, and you don't want to save this till the 2021 podcast? <laughs> giving up all the good material. Yeah. Tim will find new disasters, I promise. I mean, all we have this year is a coup. It, it, right. Too, yeah. Uh, in 2010, <laughs> the world's tallest building opens. We usually have uh, trivia contests between Ben and Jeff, but now it'll be Ben, Eugene, and Jeff. Where is, it's currently still the world's tallest building. It opens in 2010. Where is it? Go. 
Ben Barton, your Kuala hand is Lumpur. up. That is incorrect. Dubai. Eugene, do you have a guess? Apparently, I'm not right. I feel like I'm going to say Dubai because of it is Dubai. His <laughs> okay. confidence. Uh, the Burj Khalifa opens in Dubai. So 11 years running as the tallest building. Wait, is that the one that's in Fast and Furious 6 where they go out of one building and go into the next one? Or is that the one that's in Kuala Lumpur? I think that one's in Kuala Lumpur. I think right. this one... Because all of my knowledge of buildings comes from Fast and Furious. So <laughs> that's so, pretty much how well, I knew. Good. It's still not bad. Perhaps you didn't see Mission Impossible because this is the building Tom Cruise goes outside of. Do you in remember that? No, Mission Impossible is too complicated a text for me. I just stick with Fast and Furious. <laughs> That's okay. hilarious. The you only... don't have to pay enough attention for the Oh, yeah. There's so oh. much going on. The only thing I've seen from Fast and Furious is when they had to steal cars off a train and drive them off the train as it was moving. Yeah, yeah they're very good at that. I mean, it's <laughs> scripted. <laughs> ben prefers mission possible mission probable um all right what else in 2010 the tea party grows in numbers and turns the tide of the midterm elections oh, I so hope there's that, some good news hope that movement gets legs and does well <laughs> they seem like really good people they love right. the constitution that's what we know now in hindsight they yes do. big fans of the constitution <laughs> All right, I will hold off on that until we get to our number one hit. So can I just say, in 2010, I turned 40 years old. Since I'm a high school teacher, I always think that I'm hip and young and with it. I had never heard of the Lady A song, so I listened to it and realized I'd never heard it ever. Same thing with this song. Let's see if Ben or Eugene recognize it. The number one hit of 2010. Okay, I can't believe you haven't heard this. It's the number one hit. TikTok by Kesha. Brush her teeth with Jack Daniels. Is oh, that I why disagree. <laughs> First of all, I, I love, I don't like, I love this one. And I'm a huge Kesha guy. She's great. This one kills me every time. It's so unbelievably stupid. Her rapping is so <laughs> offensive. Like her rapping is yeah. so bad. Wait, does this, she ever say TikTok? Is the name of the oh, song yeah, TikTok? Yeah, the chorus is TikTok on the clock. Yeah, it's great. How have you lived in volleyball gymnasiums and never heard that song? Like, that's it's, just such a classic warm up. Like, the teams run out and they do really? it. Yeah. And also, I'm just going to go ahead and recommend for all the 50 year old white guys listening okay. this is not a good, this is a great karaoke song. Like, this is my go to. <laughs> I put TikTok on and it freaking kills. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, I think I've heard that song. Okay, so, so you're I a step ahead of me. In the middle, where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> but you are not rapping along with Kesha. 
No, I I was like, if you said who sang that, I would have uh-huh. been like, I'm pretty sure I've heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> but I, now I know it's Kesha, and I know that the S is a dollar sign. I I always thought uh, until Ben said Kesha, I always thought it was Keisha. Sadness. Yeah. Okay, moving right along in 2010, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> anything to add about Kesha's career or anything like that? I'm not a huge, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Kesha fan. I thought that song was hilarious the first time I heard it. I, it, it introduced some production that I find incredibly annoying that got overused. Like the, the over deliberate overuse of auto tune is just such a, like, it's one of those things where like one person can do it and it's cool. And then when everybody does it, like Peter Frampton talking into the Wawa. Is that auto tune? Like we do. Oh, all that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's just taking the auto tune. Frampton is using it. like a. No, that's like a little Wawa uh, tube. It's like a. Yeah. yeah. So, but. can I ask a question? Do, if I sang at a studio, does auto tune make me sound like a singer? Well, it depends <laughs> on how badly you sang. I'm not good. I like the well. I mean, it depends. Like, if if the note is here and you're like here, auto tune will can put it up. It'll it'll go like like which is what's happening on the track. If you're here and you're a little bit, you're pretty close. Yeah, auto tune will will fix it without you noticing. Well, and dude, this is all from Kesha's point of view. But this is Doctor Luke, and this like he's like uh, it turned out that uh, you know she accuses him of raping her and stuff. It's a really bad story overall. Oh, okay. We were almost having a good time there for a minute. Thank yeah, you, man. Uh, No, totally. Back. And this is the classic one where this is a producer and an artist who are completely linked. All of his biggest hits are her and all of her biggest hits are him. Uh-huh. And then they had a horrible, horrible, horrible falling out. Okay. And I mean, not, I don't, I, and also let me just restate that. They didn't have a horrible falling out. She accused him of raping him okay, and that's... presented some pretty good evidence that he raped her. Okay. That, that's not a falling out. That's not a falling out. Yeah. Good call. Uh, Eugene, pivoting to the world of comedy. Uh, the comedians have auto-tune, where a joke uh, almost hits, and then... I've seen comedians use it. I The thing, I'm blanking on the Peter Frampton thing, that the what that's called, but I got one of those to use with a theremin on stage. <laughs> Did no you? way, really? Uh, awesome. Yes, and it uh, <laughs> is, was both like complicated and ludicrous, um, <laughs> but kind of worked. Um, okay. So what'd you do? What was your number? Uh, I think I was telling jokes... I think a version of it is maybe on a special. I think I was telling jokes and then using no, actually, anyway, it was like some bit that I had like a joke solo thing okay. and brought that out as a joke complicated thing, but then it was also <laughs> sort of complicated. That's amazing. What a good joke. That's really good. But yeah, I mean, it's really it was, hard it was to use. Certainly yeah. enjoyable. Yes, it was hard to use, but it basically <laughs> worked and it was uh ludicrous. I, I <laughs> I toured with uh, the guy from Fishbone, Angelo Moore. I did about 10 shows with him, and he's a theremin player. Like, he does theremin solos oh, wow. in the show. And he's he's actually really good at nailing pitch, and he, like, plays it like a trombone. But that the thing itself is the most mercurial pain in the ass. Like, getting it to work every night was like – it was like a Sisyphusian – impossible thing every night i i don't i don't know how he so wait i'm sorry so we we went ahead and explained kesha to our audience what are we talking about right now theraflu 
Theraflu, yes, that's what I'll let I'll let Eugene describe it since he well, does. Oh, it's it. like a, it's a instrument where you wave your hands in it. Some people can play it like where it sounds like a violin or, you know, I can play it oh. like it sounds like a <laughs> confusing, no fun noise music. Okay. Most people use it like I feel like Led Zeppelin has used it and it's like uh, you, you you control pitch and volume with okay. your hands. It's like playing an invisible Huh. It is um, very fun. I shall I shall Google this and tweet it out to our audience. Um, like I tweeted out Allison Moyer. All right. I've got two more bits before we get to our three songs. Number one is our, our four songs. Our four songs. Number one is our invitation to cynicism. In 2010, Apple introduces the iPad to the world. Is the iPad overrated? Jeff Simons, you go first. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's overrated because when it was introduced, it was going to change everything. Like, like every segue. Well, you know, like we, all, my school, we bought one for every kid because it was impossible to learn without the <laughs> iPad. Like we had a parent who bought iPads for wow. everybody in the school because, and then like I did iPad training so that because you can't teach Macbeth unless there's a little cartoon Macbeth. <laughs> running across an iPad on the desk in front of him. So it's super Stop. overrated because it was going to be like a computer meets a television meets like connecting with the fifth dimension. And it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool thing for playing games you, on. Okay. Remember that, remember this SNL where they were chopping vegetables on it. I thought that was like the perfect, like I thought that skewered the iPad just like perfectly. Eugene, so. how often do you use an iPad if you do? I use it reasonably often. I would use it. I actually would use it for various sound cues on stage and then watch stuff. And so for travel, okay. it was very convenient. Um, so I, but I also like, I didn't, like no one bought a thousand iPads for everybody I know. So I had <laughs> have, like some traumatic experience. I just was like, this is pretty convenient. Though I remember the original hype being uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I have one and like it and I find it convenient. Okay. Ben, what about you? Do you have an iPad? I do have an iPad and it's at least at least it's not an Apple TV. Like that's where we're at. Like it's not at the top end of the Apple revolution, but uh -huh. it's not at the bottom end. That's fair. You... My daughter my daughter has one and it 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 does it's great for her. Like it does all the things she wants to do without things I don't want her to do. Like it feels like a nice entry level. My beloved wife, Helen, has one that has the rollout uh, keypad. And she clackety clacks away on that. Um, whereas I quietly type on my laptop. And I <laughs> wonder if it's all worth it. Yeah, although you might not have, you may not be the guy to ask about unlocking the mysteries of the iPad. <laughs> I mean, that's no not fair. No offense. All right. In 2010, we also <laughs> had uh, a sad death. Leslie Nielsen died in 2010. Let's go around the clock. Star of Airplane, uh, Police Squad, uh, Naked Gun. Your favorite Leslie Nielsen joke. Ben, you start. Nice beaver. <laughs> 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 that's an actual Leslie Nielsen joke, and that's the yeah. first one that came to my mind. It was the first one for me too. I'm desperately trying to come up with another one. 
Uh, I like I, same movie, same oh, movie when he says, uh, and what was she thinking? And where the hell am I? <laughs> when he's just wandering the street and it, it turns into the desert. I love okay. that one. All right, good. Eugene? Um, I don't remember it clearly enough, but I do remember like recently seeing a bunch of police squad or like in the last five years and, uh-huh. and loving it. Um, but I can't remember a specific quote or like I could say a random quote, but it would be not necessarily my favorite. I go to, you know, whenever I clean out my desk and I like find old, old papers, I always go to the, the joke from Naked Gun where he's cleaning out his desk. He's like, oh, the old Wilson file that went missing. <laughs> Frank, Frank Wilson went to the chair three years ago. Oh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. That's a good one. All right, we're going to get to our three songs. Call it our four songs this time. Our three songs. Eugene, you're our guest. You get to go first. What is the best song from 2010? I think for me, the best song uh, is by Best Coast. It's uh, Crazy For You. And, you know, I it's funny because I don't that's actually like one of the years where I listen to music as opposed to being like, here's a reissue that I love. Um, exactly. You know, or here's like a live concert that <laughs> happened to be released in 2010. I found an album of Russian folk music I really like that happens <laughs> to be from 2010. That's like something from the 60s. We're not so, going like, that, a lot no. of like I feel like it's like as as we get closer to today uh but I loved uh Best Coast uh, the uh, the song Crazy for You and the and that album song Boyfriend. All right, let's hear it. Crazy for You by Best Coast. I can't do That's great. Who's it? You said Lost Coast? Best Coast. Coast. Best Coast. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think that might have been the, I think that's their first album. Um, offhand. Where are they from? I. Anyone? No. Anyone? I think they're from LA, York. right? I think they're from a coast. Are they LA? <laughs> I think that she's a, like a former actress. Am I wrong about that? They're from Peoria. They're from Los Angeles. They are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're from LA. That's a great song. And she's a former child actress. Very good, Ben. Very good. What was she in? Uh, now you're stretching. I mean, she's trying to she's trying to get on Jenny Lewis's corner. I want to know about this woman. Oh, that's true. She did Little <laughs> Caesars commercials, apparently. That doesn't really count. Sorry. So. That's a good uh, one. I like that. That's a good yeah, song. That's a good song, too. It that's is a good, good choice. Song. I like um, I really like the title track from the next record. Is it the next record? California Nights. That's a really good song from my best coast that I ride for. Mm-hmm. Eugene bringing a deep cut. It did. Have you, did either of you own that album, Ben or Jeff? 
Yeah, I have it. I have um, I ha and I I have that song and a couple of others, but um, wow. I think I I I wish there's a there's a. It's actually funny. Like a, a lot of those that first wave of bands you mentioned at the top of the show, like there's a there's a droney buzziness to to Best Coast that at their best I really like, and at at sometimes I wish was a little bit clearer. Like you know that kind of pavementy. There's a groove here, but it's it's deliberately kind of the drums are pulled in the background and the guitar fuzz is pushed forward. Like I sometimes wish that Best Coast drums came to the fore a little bit more in the mix, but I think the the songwriting is uh, and all the all the guitar sound choices I really like a lot. So that would be my good stuff. Ben, do you own it? I do own that record for sure. Oh I really God, like. It. How am I so yeah. far behind? And it's Kesha. <laughs> wow. This is great. It's the Wilson file. He was innocent. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Jeff Simons, you're next. Okay. Uh, oh, wait, my... wait, wait. Eugene Merman. Yeah. This is your time if you wanted to tail off. If you off. want to bail, bail on, man. Okay. We will not uh, be offended. I, I also. I I'll yeah. invite you to stay too. These guys are. It's not, this sounds. <laughs> I like will, I'm gonna break and stay for a little bit and then head out. I am curious. All right, sounds so good. I'll stay for like 10, 10 minutes or something. All right, here we go. All right. All right, my favorite song of 2010 is my favorite song of the whole decade. Um, oh, that's right. This is your big, your big song. Call. I I think this is like. I don't understand why this song wasn't uh, bigger. I feel like it, it deserved to be anthemic for its year. Like it's the wind doves cry of the year for me. Or now, like, wait, wait, but I'm sorry. Before you go on, Ben, do you know what it is? Yeah. Okay. Don't say anything. Go ahead. Jeff. So like, you know, like some songs, some dance songs just own a year, like intergalactic owned 1998 for me. And like, you know, they're just like, there are years where there's a song where like, right. Every time I hear it, it's my favorite, the best thing I've okay. ever heard. And I want to hear it a million more times. And this is that song from that year. And it's in a, it's a very cool artist from Atlanta who uh, has a great control of her image. And uh, I really admire how she leads a band and how she thinks about every small detail of how they look and how they sound and how they perform. She's an incredible singer. She's, uh, I don't even like all her material, but she's interesting and she's pushing boundaries and, uh, I just think this song is was the first time I heard it. I was like, well, this kid is going to be an, an enormous star. And this uh -huh. record didn't go as far as I thought it would. And she's actually not as big a star as I thought she would be, even though she is a big star. But my song is uh, Tightrope by Janelle Monet. Tightrope by Janelle Monet. Oh, sure. Monet and left foot. Cause baby, whether you're high or low, or whether you're high or low, 
jump in here. One of the things I love about this song wow. is it does, like, it does like a history of hip hop in every verse. Like that's that verse is super outcasty because Big Boy's producing and he does a guest verse. <clears throat> but then we get kind of a throwback. The second verse has a lot of moves that Public Enemy would have done ten years ago with like the quick clapping and a little bit more open space. I'm still living on it. See, I'm not walking on it. I'm trying to run around it. This ain't no acrobatics. You either follow or you lead. Yeah, I'm talking about you. I'll keep on blaming the machine. And now I'm talking about it. talking about it. I can't complain about it. I gotta keep my balance and just keep dancing. I just think that she's... There's all these wonderful throwbacks to the soul music of her childhood. Like there's James Brown horns. There's a crazy horn break at the end. There's modern classy brass. Oh, and that, I mean, she just (laughs) won me. The first time I heard her say that, I'm like, I, I'm in love and I don't even know who this is, but um, give us like, give us a little bit of the big boy rap. Yeah. Cause the big boy rap is so great. Hold on a sec. Great guest verse. Go backwards, act up, and whether we high or low, we gonna get back up like the Dow Jones and Nasdaq. Sort of like a thong and an ass crack. Come on. I took on alligators and little rattlesnakes. <laughs> and little rattlesnakes. Yeah, yeah. she just shreds this. This is great. Yep. So that's my pick for the year. And I, I mean, that's great. I'm still waiting for a, a dance song I like more than that recently. I mean, I just, that song, every time it, every time that comes out of the car, I'm, I'm speeding before we get to the I, first chorus. I'm gonna break your heart. Uh, I've never heard that song before. Um, I, I know her as an actress. Yeah, that's right. She's now crossed sings, over. Apparently. You yeah, more people probably know her, her as an actress. I guess so. But I mean, uh, like Georgia, my daughter loves, doesn't like, loves Janelle Monet. Okay. And this is not her favorite song. Oh. Her favorite song is, I think, P-Y-N-K, Pink. Um, oh, yeah. And so, but basically super interesting. It's like, I'm with Jeff. This one, first time I heard it, I was like, oh, that's like tickling my sweet spot for sure. Everything about it, I loved. And she's gone much more mid-tempo, lower tempo. Um, but all of that being said, like she's an actress, she's a singer, she's a songwriter, she's a dancer. I saw right. her at Bonnaroo. Fantastic. Oh, great. Fantastic. First of all, she's like 4'3". Yeah. She's like teeny, teeny, tiny. But she had like huh. the, the whole dance thing behind her, an entire huge band with a horn section. Fantastic. And it's all and, color coordinated. Oh, and yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's like extra badass. Um, <laughs> and, and basically, even though I wish that she did this more, her entire, the, the, the entire package of what she's up to is so frisky that I'm just in on it. Like, I'm just liking the entire thing. Cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would argue like Dance Apocalyptic was the best song. Uh, I mean, I won't pick it because I'm doing one. But like, I could easily pick that as the best song of whatever year that was. Like, she she's a classic singles artist, even though she thinks of herself as an album artist. Like, this rec this song comes from a record about a futuristic society, and she's an android who discovers what? a humanity. It's got like a whole sci-fi <laughs> subplot, and I actually didn't have much time for that because Tightrope was so damn good. But she's a classic singles artist. Like, I Robot. When she gets it right, holy, she gets it so right. This perfect perfect four minutes you know wow terrific all right ben barton how do you follow that oh i'm happy to follow this i love that (laughs) song but i am happy to follow it so um taylor swift is born in 1989 in pennsylvania okay and she lives there until she's 15 and she when she's like 12 or 13 she learns to play guitar and she's super into it and okay. she's like playing guitar, recording songs, and her parents are sending out demos. And it's not like a regular thing where she's just like kind of into it. Like she's just writing songs. It's her whole thing. 
And she eventually picks up enough grit where her her parents are like, we should move to Nashville. We should move our entire family to Nashville when Taylor Swift is 15 so that she can pursue her career, which first... Wow. I have mixed feelings wow. about this. I can't yeah. decide whether that's a good idea or, a, I mean, obviously like, but it also like, just to clarify the dad's a Merrill Lynch stockbroker. Okay. Like, I don't think he's a super thoughtful guy. He's obviously got a very <laughs> successful daughter, but I, I doubt he's looking back on this. Like, did I make the right decisions? He's just right. like counting, like in the Scrooge McDuck vault, he's just <laughs> doing backstrokes in the money for sure. <laughs> So he could I afford mean, to move the whole family and take this. No, chance. no, no, dude. Believe me, he did not make as much being a Merrill, Merrill Lynch stockbroker yeah. as he did from being Taylor I, Swift's dad. I thought they were Christmas sure. tree farmers. How did I? How he, is that? He owned. They did, in fact, own a Christmas tree farm, but that oh. had something to do with one of his clients oh, or whatever. Okay. But, okay. Um, that's just backstory for that's her. That's a great she, backstory. That's the one yeah. my daughter's latched onto. Yeah, Always no, for buy sure. Buy a Christmas tree farm <laughs> just in case, so that that can be your story. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's solid right. so that, that first that crease point i always find super interesting i'm like wow would i have done that i don't like even if my daughter like whatever my daughters have been passionate about a lot of things but i can't imagine a situation where i'm like i'm going to move to an entirely other city when you're 15 just so i can support your artistic wow. endeavors huh. that being said they move there she by the she gets signed to the uh independent label and her dad actually buys a three percent stake in the independent label which was an awesome investment that really worked out for him for sure um and she starts recording and she's like writing and she's got a bunch of nashville songwriting partners and she puts out her first record taylor swift um when she's 16 and it's a gigantic gargantuan hit on the country charts she's got two different country number one songs and i think she's the youngest female to ever have hits of that level on the country charts um and weirdly before my daughters ever liked Taylor Swift, I do this thing where I just sort of keep track of the critics. And if all the critics glom onto something, almost whatever genre, except for death metal, I just go ahead and buy it. And so this was the best reviewed country record of that year. Everyone was like, oh my God, this record's amazing. So I went ahead and bought okay. it. And the song, our song right away, I loved it. I was like, oh, this is great. There's some other stuff that I went, teardrops on my guitar. I was like, that wasn't for me. But our song was great. Then her second record is Fearless, and that's another gargantuan, even bigger hit that has the crossover hit, um, You Belong to Me or You Belong With Me. And then her third record, Speak Now, comes out in 2010. And by now, my daughters are really into it. So my daughters are 11 and 9 okay. in 2010, and Taylor Swift is their favorite artist. They're just completely over the moon over her. And this is the record. This is the record that just cemented it. They loved this record. They couldn't get enough of it. We went and saw Taylor Swift in Lexington, Kentucky in 2011 on the Speak Now tour. And um, first she was great. She was okay. great. As you can imagine, like it's her first arena tour and she had all of the Nashville All-Stars backing her up. Like the Can't band was great. It. She, it was a full on Broadway show. Like I was like, what the hell is happening here? Like there were like sets, like it was <laughs> squirrely. It's like Prince, Prince. Yeah, totally. <laughs> she played, she played the entire record and then a couple of, and some of the old songs. Here's some things that I noticed right away. So in 2010, she's 21. I bought the tickets on the tiers of the tickets. They had a before show experience where you could go and hang out with Taylor Swift. 
where like several hundred people in Lexington, Kentucky okay. got to sit in a room with this woman. And I was like, that's bad talent management right there. Like this is a child, like she's 21 by now, but she's a kid. She uh -huh. should not be spending her time doing this. Then in the show, there's a portion of the show. She had like stages, different parts of it. There's a portion of the show where she exits the stage and then goes down into the equivalent of the pit and lets people paw her. Yeah. Oh yeah, where they're called touching her and she's like hugging them, taking pictures of them. And then she goes yeah. and sings at the backstage and then comes back. And again, I was like, I've seen the Rolling Stones. I've, first of all, I've seen a lot of massive stars and this is a massive star. Uh -huh. Second, this is not good management of a massive star. You know what I mean? If you have a massive star, you give her like the nice tea beforehand. You put her <laughs> out. She does an amazing show. You bring her back. You don't let yeah. anyone talk to her no. whatsoever. Um, and the song that I choose is actually kind of partially about this. I couldn't believe um, how into the fans. First of all, she came out and she was like, Lexington, Kentucky. Y'all will remember the last time I was here and everyone cheered. And I was like, well, I won't remember that. Okay. <laughs> then she started crying. She was like, it Stop. means so much to me. I'll never forget this night. And I was, and it, she was on tour for a year and a half. She did 120 <laughs> dates on the Speak Now tour. Uh -huh. I was like, does she weep every night? Like, is this part of the entertainment? <laughs> or does she actually care about Lexington, Kentucky? I mean, it is possible that she's like, Lexington, Kentucky is your favorite place in America. And she's right. like, I can't believe how great it is here. But I was like, they might trot her out and make her cry every night. Like, I was super, super worried about it. And the reason I was super worried about it is we grew up with Michael Jackson. Yeah. And then I was an adult when I saw Britney Spears, like, this is not good. Like when you have a young person who's being put under these pressures and like, like not to not any shade to her family or anybody else, yeah. but it's like surrounded by hangers on where she's like overwhelming for all of these right. people. I was like, I got a really bad feeling about this. And my daughters are 11 and nine. And I was like, I do not want this woman to be a heroin addict in three years. So I have to explain <laughs> to them, like, oh, I knew. Like the minute I saw that tour, I knew. And On the plus not... side, that record will be really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, one of the things I love about her is that I was couldn't have been more wrong. Like she's the yeah. rare child star. She has like busted her ass every record has been a better record than the last record uh depending on how you feel about it but i mean she's like there's no doubt that she's been a super careful curated artist who has put so much time and energy not only to the music but her entire thing and it's worked out it's amazing jeff hours hours by taylor swift Silence makes me want to take the stairs If you were here we'd laugh about their vacant stairs But right now, my time is theirs So this is a song about um, being in love with John Mayer Which your mileage will vary But that being said, do you hear this verse? Like, this is a song about how much it sucks to be famous She's like immediately stating, like, I'm surrounded by strangers. My time is theirs. If you were here, it would be better. Like, I was just so worried for her. Like, I had so much in my heart for her. Play on, please. 
Seems like there's always someone who disapproves They'll judge it like they know about me and you And the verdict comes from those with nothing else to do The jury's out, but my choice is you So don't you worry, you're pretty little mind People throw rocks at things that shine And life makes love look hard The stakes are high, the water's rough But this love is ours Sweet! So yeah, she, th this is the first record that she wrote 100% herself this is the first record where she really like took control of the whole thing. She's a pop genius. Like these songs are great. And this is a great Taylor Swift song. This is my favorite version of Taylor Swift. I love the cheerful songs. Number one, number two, I love the songs that have the acoustic guitar with a little flavor on top of it, the piano part. I absolutely okay. love that. This chorus is hummable, singable. This is not the first, which is mine. Not the second, not the third, not the fourth. I mean, the second is back to December. Not the third, not the fourth, not the fifth. This is the sixth single from the stupid record a year and a half after it comes out. Wow. It's my favorite Taylor Swift song. I absolutely love it. Um, and I love it because I love her like earnestness and the way she describes the relationship. There's a later the one, there's a later verse where she's like, I love the gap between your teeth. I love the riddles that you speak. And I'm like, that's such a description of a human. First of all, my brother's got a gap tooth, so that makes me really happy. <laughs> but I'm like, that's such a beautiful description of a person that you love. Yeah. Um, but then this first verse, like expressing her like experience of trying to be famous, and then the fact that, that, uh, that our love is ours, like uh, this one really, really, really gets me. I love it. And then, I mean, I'll just go ahead and be frank about it. Like the fact that she's one of my daughter's favorite artists makes yeah one of my favorite artists and this is one of the very first ones where they were like i love this and i was like fine i'll love this too like well, i'll yeah. just listen to all these records like, like uh we did a funny thing with the taylor swift thing where there's an algorithm that chooses your favorite taylor swift song and it has every taylor swift song ever released and then you choose them against each other and it uh. tells you at the end and because I know I like a game, the algorithm to choose this song, because this is my favorite song. <laughs> but I mean, it actually does it. It's super fun. Yeah, I, I, have, I have several things to say. I have so many things to say. Okay. First of all, <laughs> um, I've been I've been forever skeptical of Taylor Swift because I, I'm always skeptical of the 16-year-old artist um, where the point of the record is uh, all the insight that that person has. Um, I mean, I just like, and I, I spent my whole life with high school kids. I spent my whole life with 13 to 17 year olds who think they have figured everything out. And then they come back at 25 and say like, Ooh, sorry, I was such an asshole about thinking I knew everything when I wrote those songs for your rock program. So I always imagine what Taylor Swift was, was one of those w earnest, well-meaning kids that ac accidentally got catapulted into the machinery and whizzed out into space. And like you, I kept waiting for it to fall apart. And the fact that it didn't is an incredible testament to her as a powerful person. Like she definitely encountered all the kinds of things that turned Brittany and Lindsay Lohan and, and other people like that into profound cautionary tales. Um, and so I appreciate, I appreciate that she was able to hold it together. That just speaks to her as a, 
as a human. Um, and I, because of your incredible enthusiasm for this artist for whom I have never had that entry point, I have decided not to be a Taylor Swift hater. I am pretty indifferent to the art. I think she's a wonderful, she's turned out to be kind of a remarkable role model for my young female musician. Like I have more girl guitar players in my rock program than I did before Taylor Swift because they saw Taylor Swift playing the guitar and said, oh, I'm allowed to do that. I can do that, yeah. Which I'm very, I'm grateful right. for. Um, I also think she's the first person to live completely in public in a way that I, I am skeptical of. That line, people throw rocks at things that shine. Like that is modern life. I mean, like it, it, we're, I mean, you, you see it even with this stupid podcast, like, Oh dude, but it's way worse when you're Taylor Swift. Well, that's what I mean. Me. <laughs> no, I'm not. Are you saying that we're not on fact, her level? Shush, what? because I was going to say exactly that, <laughs> that we get this much criticism and you know, at night, every once in a while we wake up like, Oh, that hurt my heart a little bit. <laughs> and she's got people just, dumping vitriol on oh, her dude, 24 so hours a day yeah. seven days a week all the time in public just and she just she just floats right above it right and so um, no the sad I, thing is i think that she actually feels it but then she's able to digest it I mean, i'm not 100 percent with you and like i think there are fake tears every night on stage and that's the part that bothers me about it oh I, well that's fair i out. mean like when lover didn't win a grammy nomination she was like devastated by it and i was like yeah. really and that, that have part you of watched her, the grammys yeah, but that's the part of her that I don't understand. Like, if she were a true artist, she would not give a rat's ass what the Grammys had to say. Like, she can never totally separate from the industry. And I think it's because she was taught at a very young age Raised, the yeah. industry is how you measure yourself, not the art. And I think what happened this year, two records in one year, very different, put out very quietly. It's her moment of, like, screw the industry. What am I capable of? And it, and I am now paying attention to her for the first time. And the last thing I'll say is that <laughs> I am, I have four senior girls who are doing a capstone final project. And their project has been a Taylor Swift podcast series. Yes. One episode per album, proving to their reluctant music teacher that she is in fact a genius. Oh, oh dude, brilliant. send those along. My daughter's will love that. I will report back in May to tell you how they did, but. That Dude, also great. keep in mind, remember the Michael Jackson story. In between Off the Wall and Thriller, he was brokenhearted that he didn't win a Grammy for Off the Wall. She's not the first person to be both an artist and into the um like the popularity of it. I'm not I'm of course she yeah. isn't, but I also I am naturally skeptical of that. Like I don't like it in Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney really cared that that last record he made went to number one in a way that I can't imagine a, a healthy 79 year old man would care about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 that just, you know, I mean, we all, we want to be heard. We want, you make art to interact with people and you want to be heard. I totally get that. But then the, it, the authentic sense of like, I have something to say and there's an audience for it. Like that's the magic. Like whether it was at three, two, one, or whether like Irving Azoff voted for you in the Grammy, like that, that for me, I've always felt like, um, is an impediment to getting to an authentic artistic voice. Well, but I think she's, maybe more she's letting that go. That yeah. she's ever been. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll shut. I'll shut up. That was a lot. No, you did great. Oh, you great. You did great. Uh, Eugene, any opinion on Taylor Swift? Uh, no, but I uh, enjoy everything I've heard. <laughs> okay. Sounds <laughs> good. Ben, I just want to say it's like it seems like so often we've been doing this since 1969, and it's like. Part of part of our uh, mission is is sometimes to 
that our children will latch on to artists or songs that are important to us. Like here, child, will you listen to this? And, and Jeff is often rejected when he brings those offerings to his children. But it seems like in a way that your children have brought this artist to you. Oh, big time. Which You'll really see that neat. repeatedly through the rest, the, the rest of this, the, this coming decade. Like yeah. that's been so beautiful and powerful to me. And honestly, I'll just like to give a 50 year old white guy take on this. <laughs> like uh, one of the really, really, really best things that I've done is I pulled back on that. I, I was really, I, I'm an obnoxious person. <laughs> that should be clear. <laughs> and I was really pressing them and they uh -huh. were like rejecting it. And I was like, okay, you know, just like laying back and letting it happen more has been great. Like, yeah. like I've learned so much from them. They've learned a lot from me. It's been better. I just you know what's so funny? In my case, yeah. I laid back completely. I gave up completely like five years ago and they're uh -huh. finding all the stuff. They're finding all of that, my stuff. They're like, what's in that drawer? I'm like, nothing. I'm like, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> you know, so like in some ways, like I totally have duped them into checking out all the oh, stuff yeah, I wanted them to by just leaving it around the house like it's garbage. You know, like I put leaves on top of the stuff I care most about. I'm like, what's under there? I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, well, I'm going to worry about that. And now the hunters have become the hunted. Right. right. All right. Well, this 2010, who knew? That 2010 was the year of the woman. I'm so excited. From Lady A, if we ignore the, the dude, Kesha, Eugene's pick, Jeff's pick, Ben's pick, and now my pick. All women. I'm so excited. Very different uh, approach to songwriting. Very different approach to guitar work. Uh, Jeff, do you have Lydia Loveless? No. But I'm going to get it for you. What song? It's her song called Steve Earle. Really? All right. Do you know the song? I do not. Here oh. we go. Awesome. We're just going to get through the Hulu ad here, and then we'll be. And I'm the deep cut. Steve Earle by Lydia Loveless. Loveless. 
Wow. I, I love this idea. Wait, that's not about the actual Steve Earle. Is the <laughs> so actual it's... Steve Earle like a harasser who called her up and wouldn't leave her alone? It gets worse. I'm reading the lyrics. It gets much, much worse. <laughs> it really does. Is this tongue in cheek or is this a real incident? Is this a it the is first tongue... two song? It is tongue in cheek, but it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> that Steve oh Earle is just kind of like saying, oh, I, I play music too. You know, Should we play together? Like, he wants to do a show with her and she's like, eh. First of all, hey. Jeff and I are Ryan Adams fans, so uh-huh. this is possible. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Steve Earle could, in fact, be calling people and harassing them, given the Ryan Adams behavior. Good Lord, that was... Uh, that's hilarious. Well, Lydia Lovely, this actually, I'm totally cheating here, comes out, is released in 2011. But I tweeted at her today, and I said, hey, any chance you wrote this song in 2010? And she tweeted back at me. She's like, yeah, probably 2009, but whatever. I'm like, that's like, close enough, close enough, close that's enough. good enough for me. You stop talking right now. That's it. Wait, so, so your song isn't from the year? Oh, don't oh, even dude, get this all Oh, time. my God. <laughs> wow. I mean, what is what is from the year mean? I mean, it's a calendar. I don't know. It's your rules. <laughs> Times right. are flat circle no, there for are, Tim. There are rules we established <laughs> that were immediately like just... Eugene, tomorrow's the, the Chinese New Year, so... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we're Calendars. <laughs> So that is Lydia Loveless. She plays guitar, she drinks whiskey, and that's Steve Earl harasses her. I kind of actually can't believe I've never heard that. That's, uh, yeah, that song's a banger. I like that. Oh, uh, she's like fun. That. She's really great. Yeah, check her out. All right, gentlemen, 2010, the year of the woman, coming to a close. We good? Well done, Timmy, as per usual. As per usual. Eugene Thanks. Mermit, thank you so much for joining Thanks. us. I know, we're an actual famous person. Really fun. An actual famous person here. It's nice to have the full square. Like, the Zoom is always unbalanced when it's just the three of us. Yeah, like the, the triangle and one person's isolated. It's like yeah, the middle school good. triad. Now we can be a, a bunch of buddies here. What? <laughs> All instead right, of, guys. Instead of two friends in an awkward hangar. <laughs> I'll talk to you all later. Eugene, thank you again. Adios, Adios. Thank you. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. 
Electricast. Electricast. 